0: I love Jared Allen. Fear the The fro. fro. Pow! With the right hand. That's our boy, Bob Schmidt. (laughs) Jared Allen with authority. This is the Fear the Fro Podcast, a Cleveland Cavaliers and NBA podcast with Bob Schmidt. Nobody's going to subscribe. Welcome to the Fear the Fro Podcast, second episode this week, and with good reason. The first one I did was coming on the heels of a blowout loss to the Chicago Bulls. A lot of concerning signs in the first preseason game, just a turnover riddled sloppy game where the Bulls picked apart the Cavs on the defensive end of the floor and forced them into tons of turnovers. But by game two this week, as they beat the Hawks without Trey Young and Capella, they started to shore up some of the issues we saw in game one. And now, in this loss tonight to the Pacers, while although they did not win the game, there was a lot of positives to be seen from the Cavs, especially from the second unit. The Cavs' leading scores in this game all three of them were on the bench unit. Rubio, Windler, and Markkanen. It was a very quiet night for some of the starters. Akoro didn't score a single point, went 0 for 3. That's a distressing sign, but I don't want to lead with a negative. I want to lead with a positive. We came into this preseason wondering what we would see on the wing. Who was going to fill in behind Isaac Akoro? Now, Osman didn't play tonight. So we got an extended look at Dylan Windler, and boy, did he take advantage of it. Right out of the gate, three for three, from three-point land, nine points, without a miss, and played excellent defense all around. He was aware of his surroundings. He tipped away a ball from behind that otherwise would have probably been an uncontested dunk. In general, just put together a complete showing, because he also made a couple really nice passes, keeping the ball moving, I was extremely pleased with what we saw from Windler. And if Windler can put together that type of complete game, he's easily going to command the minutes behind Okoro on the bench. You can make the argument, based on preseason, that Okoro shouldn't even have the stranglehold on the starter-level minutes he's getting, because thus far, it's been very quiet from him. And I think that's probably, after three games, the thing that's most distressing, aside from perhaps the backcourt turnovers. But the hope is, this is preseason. Guys are trying to find chemistry. Guys are playing a little too loose. And that we'll shore up some of that as we get into the regular season. But beyond Dylan Windler, Ricky Rubio, he has been solid every single game. And tonight was no exception. He made his impact known right out of the gate. Scored seven points in the first quarter. Finished the game with 14 points. But he was efficient. He was moving the ball. He was aware on defense. Had a couple of steals this game. I think we can look at that move and we see all the reasons why the Cavs were eager to turn Torian Prince into Ricky Rubio, because his steady hand is going to be a massive asset to the Cavs when that second unit comes in. Kevin Love will be good with that second unit. And Lowry Markkinen, he is not shy. He was very aggressive tonight. Hit three of his six three-point attempts, chipped in 11-7. and seven. So he had another good game. He's gotten progressively better as preseason's gone on. His first game was rough, but he showed some nice chemistry with Evan Mobley in game two, and tonight I thought he was excellent in terms of taking advantage anytime anyone gave him a little space. He had a nice transition dunk where he got out in front of people, and he took some quick-release threes that he buried, and it's nice to see that kind of aggression from our three-point shooters because I think all of our frustrations over the last couple seasons have been Garland sometimes passes up looks that he could take or Sexton, rather than taking the open three pointer, will dribble into a more difficult, contested two point look, which, even though he's making them at a high efficiency, you're leaving points on the board. So, Rubio, excellent. Markinen, excellent. Windler, excellent. And even Pangos. Dean Wade, I know he's going to have trouble cracking the rotation. He is a guy that just hustles. You saw him crashing the offensive glass, add some assists, add some rebounds, even got a couple steals. Nice, well-rounded stat line, eight points, three rebounds, four assists, a couple of steals, and just in general, movement-centric player, very court-aware and hustled and tried to create second opportunities. Now, Jared Allen, after being perfect from the stripe, I was hoping he would make it through all of preseason without missing a single free throw. He did drop three free throws at the line today, only won four for seven. However, three steals From our boy Jared Allen, somehow we won the turnover battle today. I didn't know if that would happen all preseason based on how loose we've looked with the ball. But Darius Garland was hunting for those lobs early. And Mobley got into the action in the first half. Three buckets early on. A couple of them were lobs. Excellent awareness by Garland of trying to find ways to get Mobley and Allen some easy looks. And while Allen didn't do much in the way of scoring, only was one for four from the floor, he definitely was aggressive. He just has to be able to hold on to that ball and finish a little better through contact. Sexton, not a good shooting night. After getting three turnovers in the first quarter, he didn't have a single another turnover the rest of the game. So that's a positive sign, although his jumper does look a little bit rusty. Some of those pull-ups that he'd hit with more consistency last year, it's early on his preseason. I expect that to round into form, but finish the game four for 15. So Markinon and Rubio are as advertised. They definitely serve a role on this team. Rubio, every time he comes in, it seems like he has a positive impact on shoring up some of the mistakes and getting guys to remember to get out and to move. You can see the impact he is making on this young Cavalier team. Kevin Love, again, didn't play a ton of minutes, but he seems controlled. He seems deliberate. And I think he, in addition to Rubio and Markinon, That trio has some excellent ability to come in, make some buckets, space the floor on the second unit, and hopefully prevent us from those situations where if we're playing from a deficit, we send in the bench unit and the games just get away from us. Because I actually think that our bench unit might end up being one of our strengths this year. I like what Markinen Love, if Winler keeps this up, he should be getting the primary backup minutes. It's one game. I know it's easy to overreact based on it. But this is the first chance he's got to get significant burn with the guys who will be occupying those starting roles. And he delivered. Theoretically, he's exactly what we should want. A guy who can space the floor, who's willing to move the ball, who's not a complete sieve defensively, and he even comes back and crashes the glass. He'll help on the boards as well. I hope that what we see is he gets a sizable amount of minutes playing behind Okoro because Okoro should not be gifted, based on what we've seen so far, Gifting him 35 minutes is far less necessary this year because Mobley is getting his hands on everything and wreaking havoc defensively, getting tips, getting blocks, just making guys second-guess their decisions to the point where even if Okoro is the best defender, if he's going to be a complete zero offensively, he does not deserve 35 minutes per game. We need to see how this goes as preseason progresses. But Winler tonight delivered all the things that we could hope to see. Now that brings us to Evan Mobley, who again, his stats may not blow you away over the course of this preseason. And tonight, especially considering what he did against the Hawks, where he put up eight points and 12 rebounds and had a couple of blocks, Evan Mobley tonight, six and four does not do justice to what he showed out there. There was one play in particular that I love tonight where Darius Garland used Evan Mobley as a decoy. As he was driving the baseline, he just faked for a second as if he was going to toss it to Mobley, who was slashing towards the basket. And instead, that froze the defense and gave him an open layup. And that's the type of thing that we don't get those plays out of Kevin Love. Evan Mobley is going to be able to do that and provide that for years to come. And even just the threat of how good he is at the lob, like he finished a lob through contact that he just sort of tipped in. It wasn't a dunk. It was a bucket. But he somehow managed to just direct it into the bucket because his arm got slapped or because the throw was bad in the first quarter that he put down and it just made you think this guy every game seems to be getting more and more comfortable in knowing how to identify when he can take advantage. Defensively, he is much better on the glass than I expected him to be. Seeing his numbers in college and knowing how big he was, I was underwhelmed by them, but His arms are absurdly long, and you can see it in the way that he's getting blocks in situations where he should not be getting blocks. Guys pulling up for jumpers where they clearly just misjudge his length. And I think we're seeing that too in terms of guys are still trying to feel out exactly how big he is because he is a deterrent there. When he's floating anywhere around the lane, guys for the most part aren't testing him. Now, Duarte in that first quarter just Dropped his shoulder into him and forced the officials to blow the whistle. Very smart, very heady play by him. And his first quarter was excellent, I thought. And of course, we did see Malcolm Brogdon knew exactly where to pull up and when to take advantage of shots spacing-wise to ensure that he didn't get a lot of turnovers or get rejected much. And his final stat line was just obscene, making 12 of his 14 shots. Anybody watching this game tonight, for the Philadelphia 76ers, should be telling themselves, we need to pull the trigger on these supposed Pacers-Sixer deals right now. Send them Ben Simmons. Straight up for Brogdon. Because a night like tonight from Brogdon was a complete showcase of all the stuff he's excellent at. From decision-making, to solid defense, to hyper-efficient offense, where he got everybody involved, he did some rebounding, he did some passing. But most of all, he took everything the defense gave him. If they gave him too much space, pull up, bang. If they gave him a lane to the rim, he took advantage of it. And when defenses crashed, as he was driving to the rim, he found the open men for threes. I don't know what you saw from Malcolm Brogdon that would lead you to believe that the Pacers need to bundle him with a bunch of first-round picks for Ben Simmons. I would think twice about that. I think Malcolm Brogdon, and I said this on my other podcast, Broken Jumper, where I just talk more general NBA stuff. But Malcolm Brogdon is criminally underrated. And the idea that there's a trade package that would send Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert, who of course is not playing right now, to the Pacers along with draft assets for Simmons, I know that you aren't winning at the level you may hope as a Pacers fan. You have a lot better chance of doing that with those guys that you have and your future draft assets than you do selling the farm, essentially, for Ben Simmons. Because if you're a Pacers fan, you have to be extremely pleased with what Duarte showed tonight, and even Isaiah Jackson. I admit, I hadn't seen much of him, but he is aggressive. He was hunting those blocks. Got three blocks, stuffed a Coro very nicely on one of them, and while he only played limited minutes, 13 minutes tonight, he has a lot of swagger. Just He he does not concede anything at the rim, and he's willing to play very physical. And I liked what both those guys offered. Duarte is exactly the type of player who you watch on another team and you think, God, this guy would fit perfectly with the Cavs. Ideal Dylan Windler on steroids because he even has some floor game and can get to the rim. But he's a good rebounder for his size. He can shoot from all over. And he's just a smart player. He's always moving and looking for spots to exploit the defense. And that's exactly what the Cavs could use in a wing player. Unfortunately, we just don't know what's going to happen, and like I said, Okoro, the situation is troubling, but I think it's important to consider that he has been very passive offensively, hasn't really asserted himself, but we've had a lot of new pieces to figure out offensively how they're going to fit in this situation. From Lowry Markinen first and foremost, but Evan Mobley as well, scoring is not necessarily what I need to see from Okoro, just the ability to score when somebody sags off of him. Because what we can't have is for him to be such an irrelevant, non-shooting threat that his defenders are just clogging up the lane. And right now, I don't know if I saw him pull up for a three this game. And maybe I just—actually, I can just look. He didn't take a single three-point attempt. So that's kind of my biggest concern. Because he did have a decent game, too. He scored 12 points. He took eight shots, which is more than he's taken combined in games one or three. The second game, he did shoot four three-point attempts, so that was encouraging, but he went back to being the passive player that we can't have him being. He simply cannot play 35 minutes a night as a one-dimensional player. And while he's a good defender, he's not elite to the level that you can really afford. He doesn't do enough other things. Okoro is not going to be a guy who piles up assists and rebounds. It's, it's just not enough. Not long-term, anyway. He might be the best of what our options are. But I certainly don't have to love that. I need to see more out of Okoro. And Wednesday, when we take on the Grizzlies, that'll be an interesting matchup. Mobley with Jaron Jackson. Adams with Jared Allen. You got Ja and Sexton. A bunch of guys who, you know, power against power, finesse against finesse, speed against speed. We'll get to see if Okoro can take advantage and maybe put together a more complete effort than we saw here tonight. So I don't want to go too far down this, you know, overreaction. But after watching Javante Green just destroy the Cavs game one, and then seeing what Duarte did tonight, it's hard not to look at some of these other less heralded, you know, drafted lower, undrafted options playing above their ceiling and not be a little frustrated that Okoro hasn't taken a more assertive step forward here at the beginning of his second season but again only three games in there's time to turn that around it certainly will be interesting to see how those small forward minutes are divvied up over the course of this season because maybe even dean wade works his way in there he is in a bad situation in the sense of we have a lot of money and we have a lot of minutes invested in other guys in the front court and based on what you saw from Wade tonight He's just a guy you root for. It feels like he deserves to be out there on the floor with someone. It may not be us, ultimately, just because of where we've committed our energy and our money, but he is a good player. He's a heady player who I think can make an impact in the right situation. So rather than get into a bunch of NBA news tonight, I'm not going to do that. The Cavs are back at it Wednesday. I'll be back with another podcast, but I just wanted to hit On a more positive preseason outing after the last podcast came following a 40 something point loss. So I think there's a lot of positives in Cavalier Land. Garland and Sexton, they have to keep progressing. Akoro, he has to keep progressing. Jared Allen, he needs to hold on to the ball, be a little bit more aggressive. But if our biggest problems are the guys who have already kind of proven their NBA talent, then I think that we can all be optimistic that we are seeing a lot more from the bench than we've had in the past. And this may be a much deeper unit than we have seen, even if the overall talent level doesn't rise substantially. So this is an episode of the Fear the Fro podcast. Please follow me at Fear the Fro pod on Instagram, on Twitter. Like it, subscribe it, follow it wherever you get your podcasts. I am Bob Schmidt, the voice of Fox Sports Radio, and this is the Fear the Fro podcast. Okay, that's enough. Stop it! This has been another Fear the Fro. It's over. Podcast. That was pathetic. If you enjoyed what you heard today, put it on the highlight reel. Please consider subscribing. Check out FroPod.com for more Cavaliers and NBA coverage. That's what's on display here.